Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. Well, welcome to the fourth episode of Rooster and the Devil. I can't believe it's here already. Uh, we have Jimmy. Jimmy, how's it going? I, I'm, uh, I've been better after today's results, but overall I'm in good shape. Very nice to hear. How about you, Brad? Doing fine. Little... Bit embarrassed. Uh, uh, why, we're recording why are you on a Tuesday. Well, oh, you... I uh, I didn't do a good job of communicating to my fellow potties, uh, fellow potties, and I wasn't on time for our podcast recording. Let alone gave notification that I wasn't going to make it yesterday. So I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, Jimmy had to kick his wife out of the basement. I had to clear my schedule, and here we are back again on a Tuesday. Do you have anything to say for yourself? I think I just feel embarrassed. That's the primary emotion that I let my friends down. I feel shame. shame. You should feel more shame than that. Shame. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that got weird. Well earned, well earned. <laughs> That's what happens. That's uh, still going. Still going here. Yeah. All right. So I think a nice way to, to lube the pipes here is just to go right off with the word association, if you guys are down with that. Yeah, let's, uh, sure. let's get warmed up here with uh, some word association. All right, cool. So this is how it goes. I'm going to say a word or a phrase, and you either respond with a word, a phrase, or a discussion if the word prompts you to go on a little rant, Okay. So, like I did in the text, I just want to warm you up, guy. Warm you up a little bit and give you some, give you some softballs first. All right. So why don't we go? I'm gonna say the word, then Brad says it first, and then Jimmy, you say what your response is to the word, and then the next word will swap. So Jimmy will go twice in okay. a row. Okay, got it. All right. So the first word, uh, Sergio Ramos, Satan, the guy you want on your team and hate to play against. Jose Mourinho. Out of touch. Flamboyant. <laughs> Jamie Vardy. A gnat, as in the bug. Uh, efficient. Tim Ream. Terrible. American, question mark? Yes, American from Fulham. Why, why is he so terrible, Jim? He's 31 I- when I looked him up. Well, I mean, like he is. Uh, he's, I mean, he's had a, a career in the Premier League. He played with Bolton for a while. Um, I mean, he's just he's been a Championship player for a long time. I mean, he's in the Premier League now, and he's part of one of the worst defenses in the Premier League. Um, you know, he's just. Uh, I, I'm glad that he's made it into a successful career for himself. But um, as as far as talent is concerned, he is terrible. I mean, he's playing on the worst defense in the Premier League right now, so that's all fair. Right. Oh, I mean, like, let's. I mean, when I say terrible, let's keep it in perspective. He's terrible as far as Premier League goes. Uh, he seems like a well-oiled professional. So he's a Premier League by association player. He just happens to be there. Oh well, yeah, but he's been there. 
I, I just I noticed him on the field. Uh, who was Fulham playing this past week? And I'm brain farting. Uh, I'm not sure. We, we just played them last week. I can't remember who they're playing this week. Well, anyway, I, I saw him on the field, and I just was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that American in the Premier League. Um, Jurgen Klinsmann. Fine as a coach for the U.S. national team. The word fine. Fantastic player. Uh, disappointing results um, as the U.S. men's national team coach. Maurizio Sarri. Incredibly overrated. <laughs> Napoli manager who apparently has no problem insulting his players publicly. Harry Winks. Love. Why? One of our own. Came up through the academy, just couldn't love him anymore. Works hard. And probably the most joyful of the Spurs players on the field and shows it when a goal is scored. Uh, I feel like I would react the same way if I was a player. He reacts like a supporter. It's fun. I would say... uh I would say perfect Premier League role player. He will never be a star, but he's somebody that's absolutely necessary for a um, total depth squad. Yep. Hmm. Good stuff. Um, Feeder club. Tottenham. (laughs) Fucker. (laughs) Tell me. That ain't right, man. Tell me how you. Hey, let me, let me, let me, before you answer, Tyndall. Like, you brag all the time about, like, your net spend. The only reason you have a net spend is because you guys sell <laughs> quality players. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, when, what time frame are you talking about? Because there's a significant sea change when it comes to pre-Pochettino. Well, the po- I mean, who have we sold? Who have we sold with Pochettino since 2014? Who have we sold for a lot of money? Uh, nobody for a lot name of nobody maybe for a lot someone of money. over forty. Nobody for a lot of money, and I'm not going to use spoilers because I have a whole Pochettino uh, section coming up. Lots of statistics. Uh, I, I've thir- thoroughly researched this, but let's uh, let, let's just say like I mean you're right. Modric and Bale were pre Pochettino. That is absolutely correct. Um, but at the same time, uh, what um, historically what, what, you're right. What what Pochettino Period. what Pochettino hasn't sold. He has hasn't also bought, so you're right. So in a, in, a, in the grand scheme of things, maybe not Henry Pochettino, but um, uh, I, I would still maintain that coming up here pretty soon, this generation is going to start getting sold off. Go ahead and give me your word association. Feeder club. Feeder club. Dortmund. As of late. Obamian. Know, know the difference between Dortmund and Tottenham is? Dortmund made it to a Champions League final and won the league. True. They'll probably win this year, too. No arguments, Jim. No arguments on the historical aspect of Spurs being a selling team, even to other Premier League clubs, either. I just want you to know, and it has nothing to do with what happened last night with you missing. This was set up before all that happened. Lots of what I have for you today is going to be challenging you. And I don't. And I want you to know right now on the outset that I love you very much, but I'm going to push you today. Good. Wow, a challenge. Brad seems happy about that. Yeah, He's sounds great. His head. Sounds like a rat. 
I mean, it, it's... Uh, I don't know what to feel about it. I feel a little uncomfortable myself as the, as the third party in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe we should just continue where we're at, and you can go right into your Pochettino research oh, if you want. Oh, boy. All right, so um, let me preface this conversation with um, we talked uh, via text earlier um, this weekend um, about – um, the ongoing saga that is the permanent appointment of the Manchester United manager. Obviously, the media since day one has been um, basically um, telling Tottenham tell good say goodbye to Pochettino um, up until lately, and now you know before today's results, um, I I haven't seen anything after Manchester United lost today. But coming into this, Solskjaer looked like he had you know won himself the appointment. Um, what I'm going to present for you is the argument as to why Pochettino um, isn't the right hire for Manchester United. So, please, this is going to be long, so interject throughout, okay? All right. <laughs> let me start. Let me. I'm excited. All right, let me start with, uh, as a player, Pochettino was uh, a solid role player, um, uh, has a couple uh, trophies in his, uh, in his case, including, uh, you know, a couple Del Rey. Um, uh, when he was hired, first hired as a, as a first team coach was with Espanol in 2009. Um, previously he had no head coaching experience. He had just, pre, uh, recently won his, or not won, but, uh, received his license. Um, so he was hired in 2009 by Espanol, first time coaching, um, coached from 2009 to 2012 with a 32% win percentage. So he won one out of every three games. Um, actually was fired from Espanol in 2012 after two and a half seasons. Um, his best finish was in eighth place in the in the La Liga. So um, Espanol, you know, limited resources. Uh, he actually took over um, a team that was destined to be relegated, kept them up in the first division of Spanish League, so that is something to be said. Um, but uh, ultimately, um, low winning percentage and resulted in being fired. Um, fast forward to Southampton, 2013-2014. So he had a half season, 2013, and the full 2013-2014 season. Uh, Can I interject yep. there for a second? Uh, how did he get the half season? Did he, he came on mid-season, got hired, or was he in the system? At Southampton. There? Uh, Southampton yeah. had uh, he actually took over halfway through the season after they'd been promoted from the championship. So Southampton's first season back in the Premier League after, I think, I want to say seven or eight years, um, their first season back. He took over, um, actually uh, um, kept them up. Um, the, uh, the following year, uh, they ended up in eighth place, um, which was fantastic for them, um, which resulted in him getting the Tottenham job. Um, but, you know, in the year and a half, he still only had a 38% win percentage, again, with limited resources, admittedly. Um but that same team, with the limited resources, went on to have three consecutive better finishes under Ronald Koeman, uh, including going to the Europa League twice. Um, mind you, this is his first two stops, no silverware, limited teams. That's fine. So we go to Tottenham. Uh, in, uh, since 2014, um, as the coach of Tottenham, um, he's never been lower than fifth place. It's respectable, especially considering Tottenham. Never been lower in fifth place. It's more than respectable. It's fucking respectable. It's more than respectable. This is hilarious. It's phenomenal. Never been, never been lower in fifth oh place. It's God. respectable. 
It's it's very respectable considering respectable. Uh, before he started, they never <laughs> considered a top six. Now we have a top six. It used to be a top five. Now it's a top six. So that's something he said. But he only still still only has a fifty seven point two percent win percentage, and that's fine. Okay, so he's 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 done great with a um you know with with players he's brought up to the youth system. He's elevated players games. Um, that's all well and good. Let's look at the 2015-2016 season um, in which Tottenham finished in third place. The last 11 games of that season, Tottenham finished 4-4-3, including tying the la- uh, tying um, two and losing the last two in the last four games. That was the season that Leicester won the title. Um, Tottenham was in second place after 11 weeks and were close and uh, absolutely fell apart. They finished four, like I said, they finished four, four, and three in the last 11 games. Uh, and lost to Newcastle, lost to Newcastle on the last day of the season, 5 0. And they, they lost. Who was, who was, Newcastle was being relegated. They were going down and they lost 5 0. Yep. Completely, completely. That, that last 11 games. Horrible. That last 11 games fell apart. So that season. More than Do they have a chance at the title in any of those yes. seasons? That, like, Speaking as a naive, I, I'll remind the audience that I have only been watching for a year. It, here, so it, that's why it was close with 11 games left, and um, because Tottenham continued to uh, falter that last 11 game stretch, Leicester was able to pull away. Um, and in fact, Tottenham felt faltered so hard that they fell to third place um, behind Arsenal. It. It just uh, it reminded you it, like the the way like I get it was a young team, but um, I, I fully believe that teams are fully represented like a representation of their manager, and Tottenham lacked you know the um, the killer instinct the um, you know the the drive to finish that you know you see from championship coaches. Um, I'm not I'm I'm not saying that in no means should he be at this point in his career compared to Sir Alex Ferguson, but that's the type of, you know, if we're talking about Pochettino for Manchester United, Manchester United expects championships. They expect wins, and it's been a long time, so I, I shouldn't get up on a high horse about that too much. But, you know, if if you're going to go to a top club, whether it's Manchester United, whether it's Real Madrid, you're expected to win championships. You're expected to close when the opportunity is there. That season, he didn't do it. So you're saying, oh, that's one season. That's fine. He's been, you know, second or third on the other seasons, and that's fine. Um, so let's talk about uh, uh, it, within those results. Those are good results. He has a fantastically talented team. Um, maybe not as deep, but certainly one of the best teams in England right now. Uh, his Champions League record, not just his Champions League, but his, his record in Europe since coming to Tottenham is 19 10 and 12, which is only a 46% win percentage. And in Europe, since taking over for Tottenham, he's only won one game in the knockout rounds. One game in five years in the knockout rounds. And that was against Fiorentina in the Europa League um, the year they finished in third place that we were just talking about against Leicester. Um, it's, It's indicative of a coach that is tactically strong, um, motivated, but lacks the necessary tools to push a team over the top, and it's, um, you know, with given all of the statistics and minutiae I just gave you, it 
it doesn't sound like, you know, when if he's given the opportunity to be at a top club, he is great for a small club to overachieve consistently, and that's fine. But if you're talking about the top clubs that expect championships, he lacks the... He lacks the necessary evil. How do you know that? Yeah, you have no, is, you have no baseline data for this hey, information. I'm, I'm that giving, you're I'm giving right you now. the fact that he's never won a title. He's never like when it comes to a time. Yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking about league, not not with Southampton. Not, not talking about league, league title. I'm talking about. Uh, so I gave you. I, I I pushed off on Espanol, and I said that he still didn't have great results. I pushed. <laughs> I I pushed off on South on yeah, Southampton. Is, wow. And Southampton and Southampton had. Southampton had better results under Coleman, and I'm telling you that he's uh, and and tell me that I'm wrong. He's had one of the most talented teams the last couple of years with Tottenham, as far as starters go, and he hasn't won a single trophy. When it came time to win something or anything, he hasn't kept it together. And when his team had the opportunity to win the league title, they they fell apart. And that's just indicative of, of how he is mentally. That, that team, if you watch that two two, if no, if you watch no. that, if you, you got to give Brad, you got to give Brad a second. Oh, Jimmy's going to talk for a fucking hour, so itching. it's fine. He's go itching. ahead, keep talking. No, no, Brad, Brad, go for it. I told you to interject right, when well, you want to make sure Jim's done. Jim's got an hour, so <laughs> go ahead. I want keep going. I wanted you. I, t- I told you it was going to be long when <laughs> I started. Really I told fun. you to interject when you wanted to. I'd rather just do it all in one shot. There's plenty to discuss so just continue your thought if you want to there's there's nothing more indicative than the the day they lost the league title by tying to Chelsea and uh they just completely fell apart as a team got in a like a, a literal brawl with Chelsea um Pochettino running on the field he couldn't keep his team together like I I can't I can't see him ever actually mounting a serious title chase as a coach, Brad short circuiting. <laughs> Sorry, this is terrible. This, this, I, I feel like I'm in the room with just like a husband beating on his wife. <laughs> There's just nothing I can do about it, and I'm just watching. I, I am, I am done. I will shut up and let everyone respond. Yeah, regardless of whether you're trolling or not, you're a fucking asshole. A. Let's start with the first two clubs that he was at. Espanol is rock bottom when it comes to resources. They are, I don't know what I could compare them to. It's essentially the Yankees and the Mets, Michael. Uh, it really is. Barcelona, right? They're in Barcelona. I, I went to the stadium just to look from the outside. It's, it's a comical little club. Um, when was the last time that anyone but Real Madrid or Barcelona or at- Atletico won that title? Probably a while. I think Espanol actually has two league titles in their history, but they have no resources, absolutely none. Um, so, okay, team with rock bottom of the league resources. Sure, say whatever you want about winning percentages. You did a good job. I think Jimmy at least acknowledged that. And then Southampton, similar situation, not great resources. I would say overachieved again, again with limited resources. And then Spurs. I think it's interesting that you're talking about Spurs as if uh, they went out and acquired this talent, Jim. Uh, I think Harry Kane had played two or three caps at the senior level in the Premier League when Pochettino was hired. So, I mean, we're not even talking a quarter of a season. And Harry Kane's now arguably, you know, at least in the top three, number nines in the world. Um 
I lend a lot of that development to Pochettino. I really do. Daily Alley uh, was a, a signing for $5 million from MK Dons that Pochettino and the, the club made, and he's now probably worth over $100 million. So, you know, you look at Dyer. Dyer came on as a young player for Pochettino, and he's now legitimate. Um, talk about Wanyama used at Southampton and brought over for Spurs. I mean, he develops players, and that's why we have the talent that we have. It's, it's not as if we've gone out and, and purchased players. So I guess that's the thing where if you're talking about overachieving um, He's done that everywhere he's been. And then your assertion that, uh, you know, because you could be right, Jim. You could be 100% right. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a guarantee that if he stays at Spurs forever, we're going to win silverware. Absolutely not. I don't know. Um, but right now, Spurs are not an elite club with anywhere near the resources that the other squads have. Again, favorite stat by Spurs fans is net spend. But look at it. Net, look at the net spend. It's... Uh, it's essentially a nil. Um, it's essentially a wash. Uh, you know, they've they've bought Sissoko for thirty million. I think that's the record signing at this point. Thirty million. United. You know, Liverpool. These guys buy eighty million, hundred million dollar players every off season. So, I, I think you saying that he can't do it with a club with the resources and the expectations. It's fine to have an opinion on that, but it's also just as fine to have an opinion the other way that he would, which I think is probably why he's been linked to Real Madrid the last three seasons, arguably the best job in football, if not United, and now he's been linked to that job. So, you know, the data doesn't really line up with what you're saying as far as people thinking that he could do a job there, Um, nor has he been given the chance to do that. So it's an uninformed assertion. And again, don't know if you're trolling or serious, but either way, I, I, I can't say that you're wrong, but I also can't say that you're right. So maybe a little bit of judgment on your part would be good there um, before saying those things, because you know as well as I am, I do that Spurs do not have the resources that those top clubs do have. So, it, you know, another thing to point out that I just think is really, really interesting is the last four seasons including this one now five um since pochettino came to tottenham hotspur in 2014 let's look at 2014 fourth position manchester united fifth position tottenham hotspur six points back his first season his second season manchester united fifth really nice work with all that money wow europa league that's exciting uh spurs spurs ended up in Third, wow, they finished ahead of United in his second season. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Ooh, this hurts, Jimmy. Second, I see it on second his face. season, uh, third season rather, 2016. Spurs, second place behind Chelsea. Manchester United, 2016 17. Sixth place, didn't even make the fucking Euro League. Lovely. <laughs> nice season, guys. And then last year. Second and third, United and Spurs. So that's two to two if we're going off of this. And now this season, despite this wonderful surge from Magical Smeagol, I'm pretty sure that Spurs are still quite clear of Manchester United. So I would say, my goodness, without the resources given at a top club and a polished, wonderful, happy land club like Manchester United... Pochettino's on track to finish in front of Man United in three of his first five seasons. I'd say that's pretty fucking good. So, and I, that segues nicely 
that segues nicely into their big loss. Hang on, today. hang on. In knockout rounds, Jim, how many <laughs> knockout rounds has he been in? Two. Two. Every year. Knockout rounds? You're talking about group stage or- of your of of Europa League and Champions League since he took over Tottenham. He's been in every year, and he's won. That's once not factual. Against you're incorrect. That's no, true. it's not. No, look it up. I I. I looked. I, I did the research. This isn't me just saying off the top of my head. I I, I spent the last two days. You're wrong this. because I know for a fact they didn't get through to the round of 16. That's the knockout rounds. Am I right? We have verbiage problems. I, no, no, no. I, hey, I'm, 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 no, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Europa League and Champions League. So, so I hear you. So the first year he was in, the first year, the first year he was in, he wasn't in the Champions League. They were in the Europa League. Yeah. Um, the second year, they were in the Champions League. They didn't make it through. They dropped down to the Europa League and lost to uh, Fiorentina. I'm sorry, they beat Fiorentina and then lost to Dortmund. Okay. So, so when it's mattered, so so dropping down to the Europa League, you're counting as the team should still be motivated after they get knocked out of the Champions League. Uh, I mean, they're they're one goal away from going through against Juve, who was in the title. I mean, I, I think you're really underserving that and cherry picking pretty hardcore on that one. I mean, I mean, really, it's it's comical. All right, all right, all right. I think uh, both points. People have enough to make their case. Both the prosecution and the defense have made their cases. Agreed. Uh, let's talk about Man City or um, Man United's loss to PSG today, Jimmy. You watched the game. I know Tyndall. You watched the game as well. Yep. What What did you guys say? United United got outclassed. They They really did. Um, uh, PSG had possession for most of the game. Um, had a lot of opportunities. I mean, they really pushed in the first half. Um, capitalized in the second half. Uh, I, I I think it was a good reality check for Man United. Um, uh, I I can't even put it on injuries. You know, they did have some injuries, but really that shouldn't have changed. Um, the way they played, they made those substitutions. They made the Alexis Sanchez substitution right before halftime um, for Lingard going off with a hammy injury. And then uh, Martial, obviously, at halftime, um, he had suffered a knock in the first half. Um, but even before that, you know, PSG was really pushing well. Um, Do you guys have good chances at uh, all? They, I mean, not really. We we really didn't. We really didn't test Buffon. You know, I think De Gea made uh, a couple of good, like really good saves. Um, in that game, and we really didn't challenge Buffon uh, much at all. Um, I think that uh, you know the the idea was in the first half to counterattack, and we had a lot of speed. Um, and then once that speed was gone, we kind of lost our identity. We had um, a couple shots in the second half, but nothing nothing that challenged Buffon, nothing that uh, forced him to save. So um, a good win for PSG. Uh, Main United's got a huge uphill climb in the second leg. Brad, what did, what did you think? We were texting, so I saw the same. No teeth in the final third for United, even when Martial and Rashford both were in there. Um, just no teeth in that final third. I thought they were fine in defense. I mean, yeah, PSG's just got some freak freak show um, speed out there. And I also thought PSG was basically their whole half. When they were in the opposing half, they were very, very efficient. Um you know, not not aggressive over the top stuff, but building building up their attack. I thought it was really impressive. Even they're just snapback passing to get guys in the lanes. Um, I didn't think United played horribly, but again, no teeth in the final third. De Gea, I thought, kept them from three four goals. To be sure, it 
He kept him. From, he kept him from being embarrassed for sure. I hate to ask this as a new English Premier League fan, but I do find it odd that in the Champions League there has not been a Premier League champion since what 2011, 2012 with Chelsea. You said, Jim. Is it possible that the English Premier League is just not no. as good? No, as, I'm no, asking no. this as a naive no. fan. It, it's it's Why? Uh, oh man, I have a whole mini rant about this, but I'll just keep it simple. Sure. This week is a great example. Spurs match tomorrow. Pochettino comments on it all the time. All of the other European leagues make an effort to schedule their games for these player for these teams that are in European competitions. Europa League, Champions League, so on. They actually make sure to schedule them on a Friday or a Saturday when they got a Tuesday or a Wednesday game. Spurs had to play on Sunday. Dortmund got to play on Saturday. That 24 hours makes such a huge difference. Again, this is from what I've read. I'm not a player. But from what everybody says, that makes a huge difference when you're leading up to a big match like that. Um, Jimmy's making doesn't like to make excuses for the Premier League. But the other thing is I think it's more physical. I, th- I watched probably 10 La Liga games while I was in Spain this fall, and it's just not as physical. It's, it's more of a fluid game. The Premier League is more more ragged it's it's more intense uh, and i think that has something to do with it too also the festive fixtures period tottenham will have played since december 20 fixtures dortmund will have played 11 it's just nuts so they just get beat up over the holidays anyway what do you think jim i i would agree i, I would agree there's something to be said about that um at the same time since chelsea won um that was that was pretty improbable run for chelsea by the way um but if you look at you know, the top teams like um, Juventus, Bayern, uh, Barcelona, and Real Madrid, like, categorically, they're just better. Um, I would I would argue vehemently that the Premier League is the most competitive league in the entire um, soccer world, if you will. But, the top, like, there's the difference between the Premier League and those other leagues is, that, like, the Premier League, when we talk about the top six, like, there's six very good teams that coming into the season that could possibly win the title and you even have like the one offs like Leicester. Um whereas you look at, you know, the French league, PSG is about to win six of seven. Um I think Juventus is going on eight in a row. Dang. Bayern Munich's going on eight in a row. And wow. then Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and Barcelona are incredibly talented. Like those teams are better. Like I don't know I don't like I don't know how else to say it. They're just like categorically better and they don't have to get like Tyndall said get their ass beat up during the entire season like they can coast for their season and focus on the Champions League um uh so it kind of piggybacks on the point that Tyndall made but I like I I don't want to I don't want to say that like you know I don't want to make excuses like today I, I wouldn't make the excuse that Manchester United played on Saturday they just got beat like talent like whether or not they played that many games or not they they got beat like they really did they were there uh, PSG was far the more talented team and that was without two of their best players so it's uh it's uh, it's tough to compete on that level um you know the very few teams can like Liverpool and Man City because they're uh can and I mean uh, their teams are deep enough to be able to do that, but it's still very tough for even teams like that. Sure. Um, but, Brad, uh, Tottenham play Borussia tomorrow. 
Is there any world that you live in where you see maybe possibly a run in Champions League for Tottenham? And first of all, can they beat Borussia Dortmund without Kane or Delhi? Sure, it it can. You know, Pochettino is doomed to fail for his entire career, though, so that's one problem. Uh, based on uh, based that's, on that's, uh, based on limited We're knowledge, but uh, you know, Dortmund's <laughs> without Royce. Dortmund's also without another one of their wingers. I forget his name, and a solid defensive player. So they have injuries too. I still think they certainly scare me. I don't expect Spurs to go through. I'd give them a 40% chance to go through. Kane and Dele should be ready for the second leg, which is great news. Uh, Harry may see some time against Burnley for the next Premier League game to get him warmed up and then be there. And he certainly doesn't lack for goals when it comes to the Champions League. Um I don't know. I mean, it'd be tough once you get into the quarterfinals, even if they get through Dortmund. I mean, look at the squads left. It's tough sledding for sure. Yeah. I love Champions League. As a new soccer fan, it's amazing to me to see the best teams from all of Europe play in a freaking tournament every single year. Yes. It's such a cool. It's a great watch. It's a great watch always. Top quality. I mean, look at that matchup tomorrow. Like, we get to see Sancho. We get to see maybe Pulisic. He might make an appearance. Bruce and, and Dortmund is top of the Bundesliga. And like I guess what Jim said earlier is what Bayern Munich said eight in a row. So that's a. I mean they're they're top of the Bundesliga right now, which is which is pretty rare. What a sweet matchup! I'm very excited. Did quite well against them over both of the matches last year. I think Harry scored three goals in the two matches that they had in the group stage. Did they not make it out of group? Borussia Dortmund? No, they didn't. Spurs finished ahead of Real Madrid and Spurs. That was a tough group. Real Madrid, Spurs, Dortmund, and I think one of the Russian teams. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we got a shout out there. They're getting at a group this time too. It was amazing. What? What they lose the lost the first two games, tied the next one. I mean, you got to watch that video uh, that Tottenham put out on Twitter. It's amazing. It gave me goosebumps. I loved it. They shouldn't be here. This game should not exist tomorrow. Agreed. It's amazing that they have it. And that's one thing that I think is missing from picking and choosing knockout stages of the Europa League is getting out of a group with Dortmund at their at pretty high up their peak and Real Madrid. And by the way, they drew at the Bernabeu and beat Real Madrid, who went on to win the Champions League at Wembley. So those are, those are pretty quality European wins. My God. Do you think... Urente gets a goal tomorrow. I don't know that Urente is going to start. <laughs> I'd be surprised if Urente starts. I think they're going to start Sun up top. Yeah. I saw a lineup where Urente was at top on top, Son on the right, Erickson on the left behind him, um, which is an interesting lineup. No, Jimmy. Uh, I think Timbo's right. I think that you would run Sun like as a single forward. With uh, um, some of like the talented midfielders they have sitting underneath him, I think Son can be that that point. Um, he's talented enough there. Son has scored eight goals in nine matches against Dortmund. Just a fun fact. When he was in the <laughs> what Bundesliga, was he a product of Bundesliga. Where was he at? What team? 
Oh, I man. I don't know if it was Schalke. Le- I don't remember. Le- Leverkusen? It was, no, it was, it was Byron It was Byron Leverkusen. Yeah, they uh, they actually bought him the year. They finished in third behind Arsenal and Leicester. And, Tindall, you had sent around an article that his first year at Tottenham, he was a little unhappy and then wanted to go back to Bundesliga after that first year, but then kind of found his footing with Spur, uh, with the Spurs, which he's been amazing. And that actually transitions nicely into that weird ass Premier League game that Tottenham had against Leicester where Leicester you know their expected goal rate was way higher than Tottenham uh I was I watched the entire game it just looked like Leicester had all the chances and somehow Hotspur got a 3-1 win which is interesting and and Sonny Sonny of course put a goal in that kind of uh relieved the pressure for us right at the end there um did you watch the game Brad I did I agree XG is a really common, and Jimmy probably knows more about it than I do, but I'm starting to see that one thing that folks measure matches by is XG, expected goals. So it weighs all of the action, I guess, um, and spits that out. Yeah, so I think Leicester was expected for like 2.8, and Spurs were expected for like 1.2. It's one of those matches where you just got a result somehow, some way. But Leicester definitely dominated the game and probably deserved to win. Sure. I mean, it's a clear, the clear turning point in the game was the penalty save by Larice and Jamie Vardy coming off the bench immediately to take that, which was very odd. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Larice has been kind of the scapegoat for me for a lot of the season. I think he makes questionable decisions in the back, but he is clear man of the match. Um, didn't seem like they should have won that game. They won it handily in the end if you look at the scoreline you know and uh, an important three points and I, what have they had nine points since Kane went down it's been good it's been steady insane grinding out it's insane and they are honestly I know we talk about it all, all the time in our group text they're they're in the Premier League hunt what are they five five points back of uh, Liverpool and City correct good spot yeah should Tim should finish top four that's yep. what's important. And then City is a machine. Did anybody watch that game, Jimmy? Did you watch that game, Chelsea City? The uh, I, I did. No, I just I, I watched I watched the excessive highlights. It was <laughs> insane. Yeah, Tyndall probably can speak more to it. Yeah. Well, you all know what you would have seen if you would have watched the match. But what was remarkable was how flat-footed Chelsea was. Chelsea just did was not ready to play. But City's quality is terrifying i think i was ranting last week about gabriel jesus being on the bench and you know they're they're incredible truly and they could have scored a couple more that's what's scary yep aguero got his uh 11th premier league hat trick ties uh alan shear for most all time um that's uh worth worth noting absolutely it's impressive he had two in a row right yes Oh uh, yeah, his for his form has been just outrageous. City City has to be a favorite for Champions League even, right? Oh uh, yeah, I mean they got they got a nice favorable draw. I mean, um as far as I mean, favorable as Champions League can get. They get they're, they're playing Schalke and you know in the in the first round. Um, it's a it's a very favorable draw for them. It allow, but you got to remember that Chelsea, uh, not sorry Chelsea, uh, Man City is still competing on four fronts. Like they are still alive for for the quad. You know they are playing in the League Cup final. 
the League Cup final against Chelsea. Um, they have, you know. So when uh, Inter, Jim, you remember Inter when I loved Eto? That was uh, Jose Mourinho managed that squad, Michael. Inter Milan was my, my favorite squad when I didn't know anything about soccer. Uh, Cambiasso and, and uh, Eto. But they, Stankovic, so sick. Zanetti at center back, all these Italian players. Yeah, so much fun. But they won the treble, Maiko. So the treble would be three trophies. They won, I think, their their Italian League Cup. They won the Champions League, and they won the league. So quad is obviously, I think, the best you can do. Yeah. Do other leagues even have a quad? Well, there's not a, like a, um, not not every league has two domestic cups. Right. You know, um, uh, the English Premier League does. So it, it I, 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 I'm not saying it's never been done. I can't remember a time that a, a team has ever won all four. So, so um, was Ibra uh, on that Inter team? No, that was Eto. Ibra was at AC Milan, I believe. Uh, yeah, Diego right. Melito and Samuel Eto. We played two strikers up front, I think. Do you know that from FIFA? Yep. And you know who we had in the yeah. middle was uh, the Dutch Schneider. Schneider, dude, he was sick. He was sick. Wesley. Yeah, what, what, Wesley Schneider. Yeah. Wesley Schneider. Dirty. Yeah. Like an you know Ericsson, actually, Michael. Very Ericsson-esque. That makes me sad because when I had Feeder Club written down, I didn't think it would turn into all that, and I thought you were going to talk about Ajax a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Ajax is pretty amazing as a Feeder Club, actually. They're the epitome. Right. Why is that? Well, I don't mind a little tangent here. Go ahead, Jim. I'll say. I mean, like uh, they. I mean, recently, yes, the, the article was uh, that Tyndall shared was pretty prolific. But uh, also, like uh, I believe it was the mid '90s. They won like two or three um, European League championships. Um, so like they have been good and also have been a feeder club. Like they're still in the Champions League right now. Um, yeah, they're playing tomorrow, right? Roma? Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. No, no, Real. yeah, Real Madrid. Yeah, mm. yeah. Roma, Roma played Porto today. Go I didn't Ajax. see the final score. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Ajax uh, has been a prolific feeder club, and they that's is their business model. But also, they uh, have been a really good team historically. So. I mean, what's up with the Dutch league? Is that a is that a good? It's league? similar to you know when Jimmy was talking about the Scottish league, where you got a couple of solid teams. I think PSV Eindhoven and then Ajax are respectable. You got like AZ Alkmaar, a couple other squads, but but really it's those top two teams, and I think it compares a little bit to the Belgium league and and the Scottish league, from my it's perspective. A very small country. I'm just surprised they have their own competitive domestic league at all. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you think you think about you think about the European countries that do have like their own full leagues that you're just like what? Switzerland, man. You know, Switzerland like, has their own Premier League. Really? Yeah. Well, they have. Uh, oh, we played. Uh, we played Young Boys from uh, the Swiss League. The Young um, but, Boys. Uh, That's where they are from. I remember yep. seeing that name. They did like, okay yeah. in the in the so like a Jamaican the rap stage. group playing soccer. Yeah, they did. They they pushed Man yeah. United in uh, uh, this season, but like um, historically. Um, Oh gosh, where did Granite Xhaka come from? Uh, there's a team in Swiss, in the Swiss league that's pretty good. That's been a pretty good feeder club, 
and now it, the name escapes me. But yeah, like, you think about like all of the different uh, countries that have like leagues, and um, you don't really like the only reason you know them is because of the Champions League, and you're like, oh, I wonder where this team is now, and you end up looking back to see um, where they're at. But what's the that was uh, a tangent? What's the weirdest? Uh, team to win a Champions League didn't I know Jose won it with Porto or something along those lines I mean how far back do you want to go I mean I'm saying recent history like 20 years (laughs) oh not a lot of odd teams win that tournament unfortunately it's not like an FA Mm. Cup it's tough to get through you're slugging it out yeah seems like the um, I mean yeah the the Spaniards win a lot yeah, Real Madrid wins a lot. Barcelona's won Bayern. a lot. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Bayern's got a couple in there. Um, I mean, if you like the the weirdest one that I remember reading back was, I want to say the eighty nine ninety season. I could be wrong, um, but I think Red Star Belgrade won it. Wow. Um, Russian. And. It's just, just yeah, it's just, it's just wild. That is wild. Yeah, like it, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, that was. I mean, gosh, that was thirty years ago. We're getting old now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it, I mean, recent history. Yeah, not a lot of surprises. I would say. I mean, historically, it wouldn't sound weird, but Liverpool won it in two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, and they haven't been, you know, they've, they've been good, uh, like in, in, in recent history, but the years before that, they haven't been relevant in the premier league in a long time, but they still won the champions league, um, with Rafa Benitez, um, in the mid two thousands. And that was kind of a surprise, um, kind of the same way that, uh, Chelsea won it with the interim manager in 2011, 2012. They actually beat Bayern at their home stadium, which is just wild. Um, you know, in, in, uh, in PKs, so. There's been some some funny results like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's a fun tournament, especially for a newbie. It's easy to understand. So, um, also jumping back into Premier League a little bit, Man United moved into sole possession of fourth place, which actually puts them back in Champions League next year. Uh, they beat Fulham, which you said at one point was toothless and it seems like they're almost certain to go down. And you also asked whether they had a clean sheet at all last week, and they have not had a clean sheet uh, all season. So they stink. Um, and Man United really <laughs> rose up the table quickly. Do you think, you know, do you feel comfortable in that fourth spot? Chelsea looks terrible. It looks like Sarri's out. Arsenal looks like Arsenal. You know, do you think this is... How, how we're looking at the table, is this how it ends? I think that if you look at four, five, six, um, United, Chelsea, and Arsenal, all three of those teams have, you know, some glaring weaknesses. Um, Chelsea, it'd be stylistically, but, you know, United and Arsenal, it's definitely defensively. Um, you know, I think that both Arsenal and Man United, you could argue, have some really class attacking players and some really weak defenders um uh united get the edge because De Gea makes them like i mean he's had like a down season but De Gea consistently has made me united look like a way better defensive club than they have been um i i don't feel comfortable there and and honestly i think 
like Chelsea is kind of a wild card because they are so wildly consistent. Like there's some some there's some weeks they look really good and some weeks they just look absolutely garbage. Um I I definitely am not comfortable where we're at. Um I am I am hoping that there's a renewed focus to maintain, you know, a top four position because I don't know that we have um a future going forward with uh, with the Champions League, you know, I'd love to see a renewed FA Cup and Premier League um, challenge going forward, um, especially after considering today's results. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, you you mentioned uh, FA Cup. I did read another article that was just pointing to how cool that competition is. So, I appreciated your insight a few episodes ago explaining why that competition was cool and now I'm way more into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it is um from a uh, from you know getting outside of just your normal club <coughs> love. It is just a really fun tournament to get into um especially with some of the smaller club storylines. Um that it, it, I I enjoy it thoroughly. Such as Wigan winning I think they were a championship side. I don't know if they were in the Premier League at the time, but they won. It was really exciting. I remember watching that. That was before I was really following the Premier League, but I remember seeing them win. It must have been in, like, 2012, 2013, something like that. Pretty impressive. Wigan Athletic. Quickly in the Premier League, like Jimmy said, we we have a break coming up, so I don't know how much time we want to spend on it and how late we are on the call, but I want to see... If you had a chance to see that last-minute Wolverhampton Wanderers goal versus Newcastle to save them one point, did not. Uh, it was the oddest. It was the oddest goal I've seen all year. Um, my input, um, as somebody who played goalie like uh, Dubravka, the goalie for Newcastle, ninety-fifth minute goal. Just oh, Dubravka botched the botched the hell out of that. Like, he literally just straight missed grabbing it. You should never get out jumped by somebody when you have the use of your hands. That's my opinion. Um, that having been said, just reinforces my uh, limited knowledge prediction of Newcastle getting relegated. It just feeds to that. <laughs> yeah, but th- I mean that's an important. Two points for Newcastle. They they did get the point, so they're in 16th right now, but they're only one off the drop. Um, you know that w- they would have been three off the drop, which gives them you know a full win to to give up. So that's an important last minute goal that they gave up there, and sad for me because I think I'm gonna officially announce Newcastle United as my second team in the Premier League if I'm allowed to Whoa. do that. Yeah, you can you can do whatever you want, man. I mean, I think every I think I think all of us have some loves. Like, I mean, U.S. Tyndall, um, he he loves Derby County. Like, if if he was to watch them, like he would cheer for them, and I think that's important. I think that everyone kind of has like their, you know, there's there's a team that you support, and then there's the team that you that you side love. Um, you got to have a side chick. You know what I'm saying? I have Derby County on my favorites Absolutely. on ESPN. I do follow the results. I watch some of their FA Cup match. Huh. Have you been paying attention to Sunderland and in League One at all? How are they doing? I haven't looked lately. Uh, I mean, they're they're right on the battle. They're they're in fourth in League One, so they're. I think they're like 
couple points down, but they're right in the hunt to, to pop back up again, which is kind of fun. They signed a Tottenham youth prospect, Kazai, Sterl, uh, Kazai Sterling. He's supposed to be legitimate. He's a young striker. I think he's like 18 or 19. He got moved to Sunderland in the window, so hope he does well. Jim, who are your like little side side chicks? Um, mine uh, are still offshoots of Man United. So uh, the Class ninety two, um, which is you know Ryan Giggs. Um, it used to be Paul Schools, but he had to sell off his uh, part to manage Oldham United. But David Beckham, um, uh, um, Gary and Phil Neville, they own uh, Salford City, uh, which was. Um, essentially in the seventh division in the National League, which wasn't even FA um, affiliated, <coughs> they are in the top level of the National League. Sorry. Oh, you're good. They're in the top level of the National League right now. I think they're in second place, and I follow that team um, pretty closely just because it's it's a fun story. Salford is a you know a suburb of Manchester. Um, it's uh um they went from you know being nothing to uh you know a, a couple wins away from you know this season from being in you know league two which is crazy to go up four divisions in in five years is outrageous so i follow them and i told you guys last week i follow rangers in the scottish league um i don't know why since i was a kid um they used to be a giant in scottish premier league and uh, they went bankrupt and actually went down to like the essentially the fourth division of Scottish football and rose from the ashes to be back in the Premier League. So it's been a fun watch. Neat. I like it. Well, I think uh, we've reached the rant slash Jimmy Statsman portion of the podcast. Um, I, I'm going to start my rant just because I think it's relevant right now, and talk about the coaching carousel within the Premier League that I've noticed. I can't believe how quickly they sack managers. It's insane. Sorry has been there since, what, July? And he's already going to be gone. It seems like they give managers in the Premier League one, two, seasons if they're lucky sometimes they even kick them out halfway through it's insane to me like there's no dedication to building culture from what i can tell and it drives me a little nuts so far and especially all the rumors around it so that's my rant for the week since i'm a newbie any comments on that Uh, I would say that's no different than any other major American sport. Like, how many coaches did, like, the San Francisco 49ers go through after Jim Harbaugh? Like, they give what? him more they than a Jim season, Tom- though. No, they had, they had Jim Tonsula. <laughs> Jim Tonsula went one season. Um, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan for the, in the NFL, and we had Steve Wilkes for one season, and he got fired. I mean, it's it's not out of bounds in American sports to see that, you know, either – um, it, it it just feels more dramatic in the Premier League. I mean, sometimes you see guys get like a run of like ten to twelve games before the first. I want to say, uh, um, if it's you remember, uh, uh, um, Bradley, um, I can't remember his dad's name. Michael Michael Swansea. Bradley's dad. 
Like they gave him like seven name. games, Thank dude. you. Bob Bradley, yeah, former yeah. U.S. Men's yeah, National yeah. Team it coach. It was awful. Yeah. They shit all over him and fired him. Bob Bradley. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They literally had, like, shit all over this man? He had, yeah, he had nothing, so. Feces. Uh, yeah, it is, it, it is, it is dramatic, uh, but I would argue not out of bounds compared to other leagues. Fair. How about, uh, how about you, Brad? Do you have a rant? Yeah, I do. Um, reactional rant. I think. The thing that's missing from shit like this, where you're beating up a really good, ethical, culture-developing, Michael just mentioned, no de- no dedication to developing culture, um, guy like Pochettino, you know, I, I, just, I just want you to leave it alone, honestly, like, with respect. It's, we're not asking for this as Spurs supporters. We're, let us be happy. We're ha- so happy. Um, I'm, I'm over the moon. I... Whatever happens, I don't know that there will ever be a better period as far as a progression, a feel of progression in Spurs, you know, lore in my lifetime. I don't know. But it's annoying because you don't want to praise Spurs when they overachieve, which is what they've been doing and has been documented very clearly. You don't want to praise them. And in fact, instead of praising them, you cut them down because they're not applying the same values and expectations of these big clubs. So it's so ass backwards. They're, they're criticized for not winning enough, even though they're overachieving. Um, you know, the only time you pay attention to Pochettino is when he's tied to United. It's shameful. It's a disgrace. Talk about shame. And then you beat, <laughs> and then you beat him shame. up. You beat him up shame. as a good human. I mean, this is, a, this is a good guy if shame. you know anything about him or actually want to take any interest in the guy. He's overachieved. Do you know him? Do you know him personally, Brad? Do you I don't, but I've read a lot about him, and, and I admire him a lot as a as a human. Um, if you read the way he talks about players and developing people, you look at the Vincent Jansen situation where he's now accepting him back in the squad because they couldn't sell him and trying to support him. I mean, not asking That's for the nice. attention with Pochettino, and I think it's petty to be so critical of a guy who's overachieving and. Again, the club's really happy, so just just let us be. It's just sad. Jim, uh, do you have your final stats push of the evening? I agree. Pochettino is perfect for Tottenham and not qualified to coach United. <laughs> All right. All right, continue. Jim, what's your <laughs> that's what's your take? That's, what's your what's your that's, last? That's all. That's all I had to say. I think uh, like he is he's been great. Brad's absolutely right. He's perfect for Tottenham. <laughs> all right, Jim, stats man. Oh, he jumped off the he jumped off. I think he's still in the call though. Well, that got a little testy. I think next week we'll try to have a little more fun than that. Um, but anyway, uh, just a little Easter egg for you here. On Monday, Jimmy and I jumped on the call to try to get the podcast out of the way early, and Tyndall ghosted us. So we actually did record a few minutes of audio with a few theories of why he ghosted us and some other stuff in there. So I just wanted to pop it on here at the end. If you're still listening, you're a freak. I can't believe you're still listening. Helder, shout out to you because I know you're one of the good ones. I love you. Uh, trying to get you on to talk about Liverpool next time. So without further ado, here is the Easter egg 
could. I mean, we don't have the same kind of conflicts in our life as uh, what he's currently doing, which you told me might be Tinder. I like Tinder date. I would assume like that. Like I know he does stuff in the evening, but um, when he straight ghosts, um, I usually assume that like you know somebody uh, <laughs> somebody hit him up on one of his his uh, dating apps and. You know, he had to chase some strange, so that's that's my guess. <laughs> Sounds about right for for Brad, I'd say. It's uh, it's <laughs> not out of out of question, um, especially since he was texting us like you know hours ago about recording tonight. Right. Um, right. And he switched it to was he the one that switched it to Monday in the first place? He was. He was. He. Uh, what an idiot. What an ass! Yeah, you know what? We all changed around our our schedule for him to, you know, to accommodate you know his busy schedule, and and here we are. Just yeah, I cracked a beer. Yeah, my wife is upstairs on the couch, a little mad at me. You had to kick your wife out of the, her the room down there, which I'm sure she's a little mad at you. Oh, for. Yeah, definitely not pleased. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Brad. Yeah. I'm not even gonna tell him we're gonna put this at the end of the episode. He's gonna find it. I, I think that's probably the the best place for it. Uh, um, so in, in in summary, Brad, um, I, I uh, if I'm using my my feelings, I am mad. I am hurt that you think that your time is more valuable than mine. And mine. And, and Mike's. Um, the the amount of the the lack of respect shown is um, disappointing. I would like to just echo that sent that sentiment. It's uh, disappointing. There's no other word for it. I mean, I just don't really deserve to be treated like this on a Monday night after a hard day at work. Oh, I mean, so suck a dick, Brad. Yeah, if it, it feels appropriate, you know, coming from uh, the two dads in our in our team here, that we're Brad, we're we're not mad at you. We're just disappointed. Right. We're more than happy to record again, but it is disappointing that we're here and you're not without a single word to either of us. Probably balls deep in some little blonde girl, 25, 26 years old, I bet. But he, he really better be, though. Like, that, like that'd be the only thing that would be acceptable. Like, it better be a good story, and he better share it during our recording. Um, or at least post-recording. Exactly. Do you feel sexy? Yes, because I feel sexy. Me too. You just listen to 60 minutes of people talk about nonsense. Oh, no. Yes, you're still here. Goodbye. To Rooster and the Devil. Rooster and the Devil. Rooster and the Devil. Yes, it's Rooster 